Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. check this podcast and today i am joined by my buddy trey and we are going to talk about the movie and television renditions of different characters and stories uh how did we even get talking about this was it it was oh it was halo um yeah i I finally broke down and decided to start watching the the halo television series from paramount plus and i'm two episodes in I'm not. I'm not terribly disappointed. Uh, I don't. I oh, don't just like. Wait. Just wait. <laughs> I don't like how much time they've had him spend not wearing a helmet, and for no reason. And it like, gets there's, worse. It there's gets no reason worse. for him to not wear a helmet. Like, well, they they even said uh, they they came out like uh, this is this is why I have a problem with this some of this like uh, you know anti canon kind of stuff is because they came out and said look. He's he's not gonna wear a helmet, and that's because we you know we need to showcase the actor and and basically they said like deal with it. They they said like if you don't like it, don't watch it. And 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 when they do this kind of um, uh, one of the YouTubers I watch, uh, Roman, Romanian TV, uh, he talks about this all the time. He he talks about how like they're they're like uh, anti uh, like what they'll, they'll he calls it the Disney marketing. Basically, if you come out and you come out with a bad product and you just make it for ideology's sake or, or you just make it the way that you want to without igno- like just ignoring the overarching story and you make it the way that you want to. And then you say, oh, well, uh, people are you know harassing us because of this. And then uh, if you don't like it, don't watch it. That, that's kind of like the, the stages that they go through with this kind of stuff. And so that's something that I've always kind of taken, taken issue with is like if you need to do it to showcase the actor, um, maybe that's not the right actor for the for the role. Like the the role should yeah. be about the role. Like yeah, and, and that's what a lot of people said. But uh, you know, he he uh, the actual actor, you know, uh, forget what his name is, Pablo Schriever. Pablo, yeah, yeah. So Pablo uh, came out on Twitter and he was like, uh, you know, yeah, uh, this this is uh, this was part of my call to to to, to do this. So uh, you know, if you if you don't like it, then you're not basically you're not a real Halo fan. If you, if you don't accept the the way that I did it, then you're not a real Halo fan. That, that's that's the sort of antagonistic marketing that they that they employed with that. So it seems to be the um, that seems to be the opposite of if you were a true Halo fan, or like for the actor's case, if you were actually a fan of of the the game and and the story and everything else, you would want to to honor it and actually do it right and not do stuff that that's that goes against canon like that like like some of the stuff that's um that clearly doesn't follow the to a t the storyline of the video games like i i can kind of allow for that uh but but like the the helmet thing is 
Like that's a big deal. That's not. And they were, what was it? Somebody had said like, um, that it, it would be ridiculous to expect a, a character to go without taking their helmet off all the time. And then you see like, uh, uh what's his, the, the most recent dread movie, not, not Sylvester Stallone's judge dread from the nineties, but like the, the, the dread movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, like 2012, I think it was, or 2011. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember. And, and he never takes his helmet off once throughout the entire movie. And like, and, like and the actor did great. The actor did great in that. Right. And it's, uh, so that's the same guy that, um, Carl Urban, he, mm-hmm. he's in, uh, the boys and, and like, he has been in a lot of different movies that are based on video games or based on comic books or based on books. Uh, like he was in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I guess it was the second two movie or the, the last two movies. Um, he always that's, like I think that if if the actor can't accept the fact that he is playing the role in and how it's sort of canonically portrayed and he has sort of an ego about it, then that's honestly I think they're I I don't necessarily think Pablo is a bad actor, but by by ignoring the canon in that way, he is he makes that show uh, worse off because because of his bad ability to to want to act in the canon like if you can't act within the canon then honestly you're not fit for for the, that kind of role right so that's that's kind of something that i want to talk about was like you do see uh different characters like edward norton's portrayal of the incredible hulk mm-hmm. like the reason that edward norton didn't get invited or wasn't asked to do any further hulk appearances after the incredible hulk is because he wanted to put his own twist and his own spin on the character and they wouldn't let him when they were making the movie like they're like no this is the character this is bruce banner this is the incredible hulk this is what you're going to do and how you're going to play the character and apparently he was like insufferable to work with the whole time because he wanted to make it edward norton as the incredible hulk and not the incredible hulk Uh, and so they didn't ask him to come back like that's the way that it should be done either you play the character or you go fuck off and do something else like you you don't get to make the character into something that it's not just because that's what you want to do because that fits who you or you know your your twist that you want to put on it or whatever well then that's funny then because i i didn't really know that about the this sort of incredible hulk uh i knew that he didn't get asked to come back but it but I thought it was just because they didn't they didn't feel like he was he was right because yeah you could tell from the the Incredible Hulk movie it, he doesn't he doesn't fit a Bruce Banner type he doesn't you know fit the Hulk uh, type of a character and I think that uh, who, who's the actor in the Avengers version of him uh, he's he's much better God, I, I, normally I would remember his name Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo yeah so Ruffalo fits the character of Bruce Banner much better. But then, obviously, they took the they took the liberty of changing him throughout the Avengers, uh, and you know, doing a non what I consider a non canon story of Hulk, because Hulk isn't like somebody who who suffers from PS, PTSD, like or something like that, and like doesn't want to be Hulk, and has to like change the the Hulk entirely just to fit in or whatever. Some of the, so I think. Uh, with that, because oh man, we could we could probably do like hours and hours just looking at the all the Marvel properties. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the Hulk, they they combine some different like Hulk storylines from over the years, uh, like with the the Avengers Endgame. Hulk was kind of a uh, it was kind of like a mashup of Gray Hulk and. Uh, and then well, they, also, they called it Professor Hulk. Like that, that's that's sort of what they were going for. Is like yeah, the and there Professor was a Hulk. there was a uh, a stretch in <clears throat> in the comics back in the nineties where uh, Banner had control of the Hulk body. Like it was mm-hmm. it was Hulk with all of Banner's uh, cognitive understanding and everything. And so like he was, it was kind of that situation. So like they. Um, they combine some some different story elements from over the years to to kind of make the Hulk 
what it is like without without uh without spending 50 years of like mm-hmm. telling all these different stories like they kind of mash a bunch of them together through throughout the course of uh the avengers movies so like i wasn't i, I thought that was kind of cool because i remember the i remember the stories or the storylines from the 90s when when mm-hmm. banner had control of the hulk body and that was really cool uh so so like yeah, but I think I think even in that storyline, if I remember correctly, he he didn't shy away from the fact that he could use the the Hulk strength. Oh and yeah, I think, like that was. I, I think the 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 way that they portrayed like the Professor Hulk of like he, he even like lifted a you know car and he was like, uh, oh well, smash, and he he you know he doesn't really want to smash a car like like he did before, like, but that that's integral to to the Hulk character even. Even if he is in control of, of Hulk, he he always had that capability of being strong and and being in control. And I think I, I think I relate it to he could have been the kind of Hulk. Uh, was it in one of the one of the animated shows? They they had a Hulk, and he was sort of in control of Hulk, but he could still use the strength of Hulk, and he would still you know be able to def- like defeat the you know whatever kind of villains come their way with the hulk strength instead of uh just being like oh well i'm a i'm a nerdy uh nerdy hulk sitting behind a computer kind of thing like i guess i don't know it it, it could just be different tastes for different people in, in that sense and, and some I, I know that some of that is my personal preference but it, it definitely does bug me when i see these sort of long uh standing characters that they try to like change uh even if there is a existing story there's a there's a way that i envision the character and then they just kind of take like okay well we don't want it to be the the you know the hulk that actually like smashes anymore like we just want to make him this kind of sort of beta guy and he's, well and they, they didn't really kind of beta uh banner out because like mm-hmm. bruce banner was not a beta dude he wasn't timid in in the comics he was kind of a badass and and Mm-hmm. And and even in some story arcs in the comics, he was <laughs> you could almost borderline put him on like the the evil god tier level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he he would be like god tier level because he could uh, he could manipulate. You know, he was a brilliant scientist, and then he could also uh, he was he could you know make his powers or enhance his powers in such a way that he would be able to basically destroy like entire planets and stuff if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess for for the kid-friendly universe that they're creating with the MCU, I can understand why you wouldn't do something like that with with a Hulk character. But at the same time, like, um, it it does kind of stray from canon. And there's there are opportunities where it's like, all right, now like, this is where you want to see like that raging Hulk come mm-hmm. out, and yeah. and it doesn't, and then they don't deliver it. And it's like the, there's a um, there's a usefulness to to that character that that gets kind of let go, which you know for um, for the purposes of the story and you know the, because that is kind of like the ultimate trump card that it would mm-hmm. just be too easy to throw it out there sometimes. So I, like I get it, it makes for a better story not to do that, but at the same time, like you have that opportunity, and the comics and stuff use that. So why wouldn't you why wouldn't you use that from time to time? Um, speaking of some of the Marvel properties um what are some of the ones that have been not to canon that maybe have been disappointing to you i guess in the mcu uh thor is the most disappointing to me because thor is is basically he's done worse than hulk because not only is he uh is he sort of like betafied because if you saw the trailer for the the most recent one, and, and this is why I'm not going to watch it, is they have Jane Foster becoming Thor, and then uh, essentially he's like second uh, hand man to to Jane Foster for a while, and I, th- I think he does end up being you know come becoming back you know the real Thor, but it, it, there is uh, a lot of the the whole, uh, the Thor character where they they tried to make him some sort of like fallen god or, or something like that and i get part of their story but they they took it too far to the point where like okay thor is is just no more than like a comedic character to where like he's 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 there for comedic effect and he's no longer thor god of thunder a- anymore 
and I think that's that's the most disappointing character that they that they've uh, put out in in, in this way. I, I did like some some of the ideas that they went with. Like Ragnarok was interesting in the in the way that they presented it, uh, but but I do think that they basically made him a gag character after after that point. Yeah, that that has. Definitely like the fat them. Thor, like like the, the, the you know, seeing in Avengers Endgame, like the fat Thor. I, I was I was like, I, at first I I thought like, okay, this is this is this is his redemption arc. He's gonna go, he's gonna get fit, he's gonna uh, be the Thor god of thunder again, and then he's just fat Thor, uh, basically wielding Mjolnir. And I was like, this isn't this isn't how you do it. He needed a redemption arc to then get him on back on his uh, feet, but they, they don't want to give him that. They want to like prolong this of like, he's like a gag character. He kind of, he gets the redemption arc to a large extent in uh, love and thunder. And it's, it's not, it's, it's a, I thought it was better than, I thought it was better than multiverse of madness. Honestly, uh, I'm, mm. I was not impressed with multiverse of madness. Um, see, I didn't even go see that because I, I knew, uh, I saw that they were promoting Kamala Khan and I was like, this no. If, if if this is a Doctor Strange movie, why why do they have to throw in Kamala Khan? Like, because she's you know that Miss version of Miss Marvel is not the version of Miss Marvel that that I would want to see. So they she didn't have anything. She wasn't in um, Multiverse of Madness. They they ended up spinning that off into her own Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel. Which was actually not. Oh, terrible. I thought they at the they they promoted it in the trailer though. Did, I, did they not uh, show her? America. It may have been. Was it America? No, America Chavez. Chavez. Yeah. Yeah. Which she was. Oh no no no! It wasn't Kamala Khan. It was America Chavez. That's that's, that's what I was She was pointless as a character in the in that movie. Um, the way that they, the way that they handled, um, the multiverse, everything about the multiverse. Like, did you see, um, No Way Home? Yeah. Okay, so like the multiverse characters in No Way Home like served a purpose. There, there was like, mm. it was interesting. It brought them all together, and they they actually had like story being built out of that, and and the different. And I, I think that's the, the best one in Phase Four so far. Like, and, yeah, and so, I know they're they're about to start Phase Five, but at a Phase Four, No Way Home is is just knocked it out of the park. Well, when you get I the different Peters interacting with each other, and it, it's good for like, I think it's really. I think it's good and interesting for the MCU version of Peter that he gets to kind of learn from these older Peters who have gone through stuff and like it builds all of their characters together. And you get to see those like classic villains that you haven't seen in the MCU come in. It was really good with the, with multiverse of madness, uh, like all of the multiversal characters that they brought in, uh, professor X, um, Mr. Fantastic, like Black Bolt, it was pointless. They, they, there was no reason for them to have been there. It, the whole thing was, other than a spinoff show or whatever. Well, and they're not even going to spin them off. But it doesn't. No, seem the, like they, they, are. they are. They are doing a, a mutants. Uh, they're calling it the mutants, or, or I think uh, something like that. It, they, they decided not to call it X Men because apparently that's offensive. That's yeah, I can't I can't remember if I if I can find the tweet or whatever they they decided not to call it X Men because they yeah I saw that the I saw that too which uh, as long as they ultimately call them the X Men in the show I don't care what they title the show but yeah we'll see how that we'll see how uh, Marvel or is Disney is able to butcher the X Men um, like Fox started out good with it with the first like. I guess the first two X-Men movies are pretty good. And then they kind of went off the rails and then they came back with first class and it was like, all right, first, first class was good. And then they went off yeah. the rails with that too. It's like, let's see. Yeah. Like the they, apocalypse uh, was it, was it a apocalypse? Oh God, that was awful. And the like, dark yeah. and then dark Phoenix was even worse. Mm, I didn't even see dark Phoenix. Cause I wasn't, I was like, this is, this looks bad from the trailer. And uh, I reluctantly watched it after it came out on, uh, Hulu or Netflix. I can't remember which one. Like, uh, I watched it just to see, just because I'm, I am a Marvel and, uh, especially an X-Men fan. Yeah. I, that's, that's another one of those things. Like, um, the way that they have handled dark Phoenix in both iterations of the X-Men movies, like, like you have a great character, you have a great story arc, you have a great way that you could 
build this thing into something. And they've butchered it both times. Like, why not, why not take source material that you have and just do it? Why do you have adapt to adapt it? Yeah. yeah. Why do you have to change it into this other thing? And then it's fucking sucks. Yeah, didn't uh, if I remember the trailer correctly, like didn't Dark Phoenix like she becomes like some sort of god and then uh, she she's like manipulating the world or, or like uh, using magic and destroying things and then all of a sudden they kind of have her uh, kind of cycle through being the, the phoenix and then rising or some 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 goofy like I thought I honestly maybe can't. maybe I haven't I, haven't I honestly it. can't remember the details of it that well it's. Uh forgettable <laughs> very very forgettable so speaking of um having lots of source material what are your thoughts on the upcoming uh ring of rings of power or whatever that's coming out from amazon for uh the lord of the rings this series that's coming out i i knew, I knew as soon as i saw the first uh like pictures that i was like okay they got uh they got to do they had to do like black hobbits which I, I don't think would have been bad initially, but they they started saying like, okay, well, uh, yeah, the like black black hobbits are there. They've always existed in the same place as the other hobbits. Like they're they're trying to say like, like that this has always been there, and it's they're not traveling to somewhere new to find explore a new uh, area of like Tolkien's universe or anything. They're they're trying to base it, you know, in in as far as I can tell, still like in sort of the Shire. Uh, they they might be going other places, but I, I think that they're trying to base it in the same universe, and it's just not gonna not gonna work that way. And the then when I saw the trailer of like uh, Sauron being like uh, slim uh, slim fady or whatever, I was like, oh god, this is terrible. So like Sau- Sauron is like uh, Eminem, he's he's gonna you have to snap him back to reality or something. <laughs> they're. In fact, I have all of them. There are literally 15 books worth of source material that they could have pulled from to create this. And instead, they're, they decide, no, let's do our own thing. Uh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, what, what are the other books? I, I know I've read, uh, you know, obviously the, the three Lord of the Rings and then I read The Hobbit. Uh, what, what other books are there? So you've got the Cimmerillion, the Children mm-hmm. of Huron, and then... Uh, and then there are literally nine books of the history of Middle Earth. Oh, the, the the sort of like the the um like documentation of, of what the world is like kind of like Yeah, the... like there's the there's one that that um details the fall of Isengard. There they uh he has all of these history books that like tell about um like the wizards and mm-hmm. uh, Saruman and uh, the orcs, like it tells everything that happens from basically from the creation of Middle Earth all the way up to like you can follow the the story all the way up to the end of the Lord of the Rings, which is the the end of the Third Age. Uh, so like it's the Cimmerillion begins in the creation of Middle Earth and is the beginning of the First Age. And and his history of Middle Earth takes it all the way out through, you know, until you hit the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which is the end of the Third Age. So, like the whole thing is cataloged very well. Like he uh, he created his own languages for for the different yeah, like the uh, the the Elvish uh, like he and stuff like that. Like all of those are his own creation of of, of how the language would be. Uh, structured and everything and he he had a purpose and meaning behind each language i, I remember definitely reading about that kind of stuff of how this this you know elves are going to speak with this sort of eloquent you know tongue so that we need to have sort of an eloquent language for them orcs are going to speak very brutish so we need a brutish language for them and he kind of uh, i think if i remember I, I don't know i think i think he sort of relates it to sort of like a german or something like that to to, to that kind of brutish language uh, in that way and th- there's there's a structure and reason behind everything the way Tolkien structures everything. Yeah, and I I, th- I think that's why like a like these new writers and everything they they feel like they have to make their mark, and I think that's why they ignore the canon because they know that if they just follow canon 
then it's it's not impressing their own take on it and they 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 know that that's going to be like uh their way of leaving a, a, a more kind of message in in the show so it, it's it's really disappointing but it's 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 kind of the modern day problem right where they have to interject their ideas into the story because they don't want to simply rely on the source material because then they're beholden to that source material and then if they someone calls them out on it then they they're going to have to be beholden to it and i think that's why they they ignore it because then they don't have to be accountable to it that, i feel like that's kind of the like that should be the reason that you do a project like that is to mm-hmm. is to pay homage to it and to actually be true to to what it is like what was your opinion of the hobbit trilogy I had mixed feelings about it. Like the, the, you know, it, it took some of the good elements and then there was also, I think that they didn't know where to take it. So it was, it was a, it was a little bit hit or miss for me. I I think the first one was good. And then the, the other two, I, I didn't really care for. I would, I would probably agree with that. Like, like the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, especially if you watch like the full length, like four hour director's cuts, like they really detail uh, everything. They 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 knew that they wanted to get it canonically correct, and 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 you know Tolkien had a way of writing to where he was very descriptive, and and it it was you know sometimes it, if you read the books, it is very wordy and it's very um, it's very dense. Like you you have to pick up on what he's saying. Cause he, he's talking about like, and the dew fell on the leaves. And then we watched, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, them walk through the woods and then they come upon this and, and they have to, uh, like he's talking about what the characters are doing, how they're walking. Uh, he, he, he details everything. And that, that, that's a little bit dense for most people, but it gives such a description to where someone adapting it and being able to put it into film form, they they actually followed all of that almost to a T to be able to, to say this is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We followed the exact canon uh, down to a T of how these characters moved, where they went, what they did, how they spoke, everything. And and they, that was that's why that's why people hold that trilogy in such high regard. Right. Well, so then so you get that with the Lord of the Rings trilogy where, you know, it it is very detailed and and the movies go into that detail and are true true to the source material and then you get the mm-hmm. hobbit trilogy that adds all kinds of like crazy unnecessary shit that like it was a good story without any of that stuff why did you have to that that was the i also was kind of mixed bag on it like for one i could enjoy it as a fun romp and mm-hmm. at the same time be disappointed in why did you have to do all this extra bullshit that when it on its face, it was a, a really good story. Uh, and talking about like the kind of the weightiness of the way that Tolkien wrote that, uh, have you read much Isaac Asimov? Mm-mm. So Asimov is maybe even more detailed in the way he would describe stuff. Um, so Apple Plus had a had the Foundation series that came out this past year. <clears throat> and I'm a huge fan of the Foundation novels. Um, as I've heard, the, I've heard good things about them, and, and, and I actually you know, the the way people give it such high praise, it makes me want to read them. It just, it's, you know. it's it's good. It uh, it's set like way stupid out in the future, and the the way they the way the story is done is really cool. And like the books are kind of a a series of shorter stories within the story, and they um, gosh, how many are there? Two, three. Seven total, if you include wow. the, if you include the, um, the Prelude to Foundation, which was written later on as like a, uh, like an introductory story to the other six. Um, so it's, it's really good, but it's very, very detailed. Like mm-hmm. he explains like the the details of the spaceship and everything and and all of this stuff. So when I was watching it, um, the the Apple Plus series. Uh, 
there's this one part where they have a a room like where where everything kind of happens and and when they present that in the show like that's terrible like that's mm-hmm. not even it's like that's not even close to to the way it's supposed to look and my wife said you mean it's not close to the way you imagined it to look i'm like no like no he actually talks about it yeah, yeah he it'll... goes into very explicit detail about like every grain of this thing and how it's supposed to look and they didn't even try like it doesn't even come remotely close it's like so i watched the series and i didn't dislike the series but at the same time it like the way that he writes there's no way for you to fuck it up unless you just deliberately choose to fuck it up so like that um that kind of if they make another season um there's a chance that i'll watch it just to see where what direction they take it but like it's it's tough to get into it because because it does stray so far from the actual story and like they they gender swapped a bunch of the characters which like um like in dune there was like a big to do about um one of the characters getting gender swapped <clears throat> but it didn't matter like well, you, you say you say it doesn't matter, but but I think like if you if you look at these things and, and you notice that they oh well we're going to gender swap one character, it it doesn't necessarily change the overall story. Like you can have the character do the same things as like a female character or whatever, but it it does change the presentation of what the actual story is and why why this character is the way they are, why they do what they do. Because you got to think about, when you think about the characters, and, and I do, I would like to have a sort of, I would like to write my own story at some point of, of, of something, and, and I, I, that this is why I care about this kind of stuff. Uh, kind of like how, uh, if, you, if you've been paying attention, Eric July, he's writing his own comic book. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if I want to write a comic book or novel, but I, I know that I want to write something at some point. And it is important to make sure that the characters are, are have a reason and, and a rhyme to, to the way that they are, like the, the, the way, the reasons for why they are the way that they are. And if, if you take a character who is, who is a, a, a male and then you just gender swap it to a female, then that changes a lot because a, a female doesn't necessarily have the same motivations as, as a man. They don't have the same reasoning or, you know, like I said, rhyme or reason to, to why they do what they do. And a, and a woman would, would behave differently in a situation unless what you're doing is you're taking a male character and just making a female do the exact same behavior. But that's not how it how it would would work in, in, in this scenario. They wrote a male character for a specific reason because that character could present a certain archetype or present a certain thing. And if you go just changing it, then there that motivation and that reason for the character being where they are when they are doesn't make sense anymore. So like for Dune, and maybe it matters less in that story, right? Like because say, like but, the character had a very specific function, and mm-hmm. whether it was a male or a female, they they gave the exact same function to the character. So like the only thing that changed was. That it wasn't the form, I guess. Like right, the, you the, know, the, right. The, the form theory. of the character changed, but what the character, because the character only serves the purpose of to bring Paul from point A to point B along his mm. journey and then die. So, like, oh, okay. you you don't need somebody that, um, like this isn't going to be a character that exists throughout multiple movies. Like, they 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 play a very specific function, and the actress who did it executed the the character. I I thought incredibly well um so like it wasn't it didn't matter so much but like for for foundation uh the gender swapped characters then also got um uh, like romance stories tied to it that didn't exist in the books and so uh, and so now like none of this and, is- and you'll see this kind of stuff in the halo show uh of how he is gonna have his uh he's he's gonna have his own romance arc and, and he never had that in the yeah, I don't so, understand why that's necessary, and like everything has to have some some romance arc to it. I think that's <clears throat> a waste of time, in my opinion. Um, well, and, and you her. didn't have to do you didn't have to do that with Master Chief because you could just say Cortana. Cortana basically is 
it, it, she, you know, she, she's not necessarily like he can't, you know, he can't get it on with Cortana, obviously, because she's rope, like AI. Uh, maybe she makes like a physical form, and then the, <laughs> she, she like uses a machine, and she basically makes him a big, uh, uh, like a big, uh, what, what are they called? Sex doll. Oh, yeah, yeah, sex doll. So he makes him a big sex doll. But uh, the yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like the Cortana relationship would have been fine, but they have to go and throw an actual love interest in there. And that's what makes it so bad is because hey, Master Chief is not about being he's about the mission. He's about doing what is right for, for humanity. And he, he wants to com, you know, like continue humanity and protect humanity at all costs. And that well, that's like his obviously goal. Obviously in the video games, like there is, I wouldn't call it like a love interest, but there is a deep relationship between Master Chief and Cortana that you see uh, build and, and develop throughout the games. Like it doesn't have to be uh, some weird thing. Well, it, you know, it's, it's, it's like they're, they're, you know, they're close friends and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be like something that they get it on, you know, or what, you know, like some sort of like sexual thing, but they, they had a good relate, good friendly relationship, and they they would you know, Cortana would die for Master Chief, and Master Chief would probably almost die for Cortana, and that that's the kind of relationship that you establish. But then they have to do this whole thing of like, okay, well, you can't just have this good relationship with him and Cortana. You have to throw in an, a love interest for him because reasons, I guess. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Makes it more engaging, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, I, I would spoil it, but you know, you, you probably. I'm gonna to get there. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, yeah it, it's a, uh, it's nightmarish. So, have there been any times where you've seen something that broke canon that maybe, maybe you didn't like it more, or maybe you did like it more, but it, like it was, it was good in the way that it was done. Even though it was non-canonical, I'm trying to think. I, I know that there are some things uh, that, that I did enjoy that, that broke canon, but that they were really good. So I have one like right off the top of my head that I, mm. I've I have always enjoyed. Um, it's the the Bourne trilogy, the mm. Matt Damon's Jason Bourne movie, which is a great trilogy. Great trilogy. If you read the books, mm. not even close. Like not even remotely close. Um, and if probably if I hadn't seen the making of the original Jason Bourne movie, I might feel differently about it, but like the, the writers and the director and everything, they said, like, we wanted to take the source material and, the the ideas of Treadstone and Jason Bourne and the different characters, but there's no way we could make that story into a movie and do it justice. So what we wanted to do was take the ideas and the characters and and the story and make something else that pays homage to it, even though we can't recreate that. Because like the books, um, the books are really good, but mm-hmm. they would they would definitely be hard to translate into a movie form without it uh, and have it still be able to to be. <laughs> mass released in theaters and stuff like it's it's very violent it's very rough um they're excellent excellent stories but you couldn't turn that into you couldn't effectively turn that into a, a major motion picture without dulling it down so much that it it's not the same thing so that's what they said they're like we're not going to try to recreate it we're going to tell the story of these characters and pay homage to it but also kind of create our own story with it and they did really good with it. And um, and it was really, I mean, excellent trilogy. The books, excellent trilogy. So, like, that was one of those that completely non-canonical, but really, really well done. And it was because they were deliberate with it. Like, they knew what they wanted to do, and they were upfront about that. Like, if, and I, I feel like if you're going to do that, that's the way you should do it. Like, say, okay, mm-hmm. look, we're not trying to do this we're going to make something that pays homage to that while being its own thing. Well, and you don't have to do this sort of like shaming uh, of, of the, the modern like 
like the they'll come out here and say like okay if you don't like it don't watch it like we're gonna make it different and you can basically suck it like if you don't if you don't if you don't like it and that's that's the biggest problem i think i have if they, if they said look we can't adapt it exactly so we're just going to try to do give make a best uh, like a best effort for, for that then i would i would be a little bit more understanding and more open but i think that when they spit in your eye and then and then tell you it's it's raining, it's, it's just like, well, no, I'm not going to watch that. Like, I'm, I'm just not. I'm not going to participate in this because even though I enjoy the the IP or, or the characters, I cannot like engage with that. If you're going to tell me that I'm stupid for for not uh, at least agreeing with it initially, if you could tell me, hey, we had to make you know we had to make some decisions. We couldn't really adapt these exactly, and and, and that's uh. That, that's more reasonable I, I would understand but when they you know openly tell you you know you're you're bad for for not wanting to watch it uh, just the way that we made it and you know, it's, it kind of diminishes it and i don't really know what the god I, my, my brain is you know a little bit fried you know a little bit of cough and stuff but uh, I, I do know that there are some there are some non-canonical stuff that i enjoy but generally speaking it's because I know that they couldn't adapt it exactly, and and they so like the they they make was, a best effort. The Hunger Games was one of those that like some people, um, some people got like been out of shape about the like the announcers who were like because the games the Hunger Games are you know it's like a a, a reality mm -hmm. TV show. Um, the way that they gave the announcers for the show more. Uh, like more importance in the movie this is like well well i get that though because with the way the books were written it's a lot of like inner monologue or explanation that without just having a basically a narrator explaining mm. all of this stuff throughout the course of the movie you don't really you can't really convey all that like if they did it where katniss has katniss has this like inner monologue running the entire time it would have been off-putting. So they gave those... They gave be those almost like an anime at that point. Like right. They, so like, they gave the announcers more of a a, a more prevalent role in the movie, mm -hmm. and they kind of serve the purpose of that that narrator function. Like, they explain different things that are happening in the games and, and in the world that otherwise it would have been really off-putting to try to, like, force that stuff in to make it make sense. Or, or they would have just had to, like, uh, not put any of that in and trust that you've read the books, which like I I loved the most recent Dune movie, but I, I mm. also really felt like if you didn't read the book, there was a lot of stuff that did not get any explanation. It was just here it is. So if you don't know what's going on and you haven't read the movie, it I could see how it might have been confusing to to see some of these things come up on the screen and just be like. Either you know what this is or you don't, <laughs> and you know. Figure, yeah, and, and I just thought of uh, of of the probably the like I said the the most one that, that I remember is and this is going to be sort of ironic, but Harry Potter. Uh, you know, I, I like the Harry Potter movie series, even though there are some things that they miss and there are, there are some things that they forget in sort of the canonic uh, nature of it. But they did a good adaptation, and and they didn't they didn't do things to scale sometimes they didn't do, you know, cause there's, there's a couple battle scenes where it's like, it should be like hundreds of, uh, of wizards fighting and they do like, you know, like 10 or 12 fighting. It's like, okay, well, this, this is supposed to be a massive battle, but this is, you know, it, it's reasonable. Like they don't, they don't make it, they don't, and they don't go out of the way to tell you like, okay, well, if you didn't like how Harry Potter was adapted to film, you know, you're a bad person and, and this is awful. I do like the movies, and even though they do break from the story a little bit, not as much as other some other things, but definitely they they there are some things that they miss. Well, I'm like with that, like it's it's stuff that um, that makes sense. Like you can understand why they would do some of that stuff. It's not like it's not like a senseless down downgrading or something like for logistical purposes and just to make the movie flow better. Sometimes things uh, things like that need to happen um but then like uh i don't know if you were into the chronicles of narnia when the lion the witch and yes. the wardrobe movie when the lion yes. witch and the wardrobe movie came out they added like that uh the frozen river scene or whatever mm -hmm. it's like 
which was never part of the book. Yeah, right. Not like like where where he's like eating the. Are you talking about the one where like he's eating the thing and she she comes over there and courts him or whatever? And it didn't add anything. Like it's completely unnecessary to the story. It's like what everything else about the whole movie was Mm -hmm. pretty close to canon and and followed the book and it was good. But they they throw this like extra thing in that it doesn't it doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't give you any extra like understanding or feeling towards any of the characters it's just like this throw-in thing for no reason like why i don't understand that Mm -hmm. and then of course they went like they really went off the rails with the next two movies and those yeah the the line which and wardrobe was was the best one out of the trilogy there but yeah like uh what, what was it um what was the next one they they went way off the rails on on the second one. Yeah, with going. Prince Caspian. Prince, Prince Caspian. Way, yeah. So yeah, the way they did the battle scenes and just everything mm-hmm. about that was, it was like. And Prince Caspian is one of those that uh, I had an I had an audio cassette of it, and so like I I would listen to that one, not daily, but um, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, the Silver Chair. I I listened to those on audio cassette like over and over again. Like I knew those stories mm-hmm. and, uh, and the, the voyage of the Dawn Treader and no, which is another Vo- one. voyage of the Dawn Treader was, was uh, it was a great book, but, but like the film is bad. I'd say that was another one, like the Prince Caspian and the voyage of the Dawn Treader. Great source material, excellent mm-hmm. books, butchered the movies. It's like, there's, and there was no reason to like all the stuff that they did that was uh, non-canonical was, pointless it, it didn't serve a it didn't serve any purpose i, I don't understand I, I just that's what kills me when we you know when we look at this stuff and talk about it like is there a reason for doing this like you know like with the jason Bourne thing like with the the hunger games thing like is there a legit purpose to it and and if there's not if it's just like different for the sake of being different that's that's useless yeah, and it's it's weird. Like they they sometimes want to like leave their mark of, of like change. Oh well, I can make it exactly canonically correct, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna change. I'm gonna tweak this one thing. And they think that you know they think this like this one scene or adding these these little touches that they that they're doing are, are actually uh, an improvement or or you know makes it different. Like they like they're putting their mark on it. And really, you're just you're just making the fan base mad because what you did is you you destroyed something that was, uh, you know, just generally a good property. You know? Like like because those those should have been those should have made like the 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 uh, Chronicles of Narnia should have should have been uh, done gangbusters in the uh, movie theaters. Like they should have they should have raked in money and, and not even been able to know what to do with it because those are such great stories. But they didn't know how to adapt it. They just kind of threw stuff against the wall and, and see what sticks. Uh, you know, like I said, Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe was good, but then they, they don't know what to do for the next two. They just kind of like, okay, well, what do we do now? We have to finish the trilogy or finish, like, finish a trilogy and then we just... Sh- they didn't care. Like you can tell when there's care in, in the craft. And I think that's, that's what's missing nowadays. And uh, actually Sargon released a video this morning that, that I watched. Uh, if you, if you know Sargon of a cod, um, he, he's a great YouTuber and he was talking about how they can't help themselves, but to like, they, they don't understand what art is because they don't know uh, struggle. They don't know suffering. These are, these are people, the people who are making it now, aren't people who, who lived uh, through any difficult times that they're, they're these kids who have been raised and they're put in a production studio and told like, okay, well, we've got to make a, uh, a halo show. So we got to make the halo show and, and it, we don't really, you know, d- get it done and get it done quick. And, and basically uh, this sort of uh, kind of like Disney that people make the joke about Disney as a conveyor belt, me- you know, like media prior entertainment, entertainment company and that's what it feels like is like they've they mastered the art of being able to be sort of this conveyor belt of entertainment it's like okay well, we're gonna pump it out we're gonna get uh get you know the as many people who can do this simple simplified work and we're just gonna get them to pump out as much entertainment media that, that we can and that 
it really shows in the product. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the like the Marvel properties. Like, Moon Knight was well done. It told a unique story in an interesting way. Like they didn't. It's not. It's not exactly Moon Knight from the comics, but it's done really well. Like they they build the character and they um, they tell the story well. And that like that's a difficult character to to tell anyway. So like they take a they take something that's you know really a random. I mean, how many people are like Moon Knight fans? <laughs> you know, very very few. But I actually I actually enjoyed the uh, Daredevil adaptation, even though there there was some. I, I, you can tell that there are some con canonical breaks in that. Like it, there there are some things that they didn't necessarily do the best with in in the story. But Daredevil. That you could tell that there there was a heart and soul put into it, like uh, Luke Cage and some a couple of other Netflix Marvel series, not so much, but you can tell that the people behind Daredevil wanted to make a good version of Daredevil, and that's why like people, you know, even in the No Way Home when the Charlie Cox uh, like cameo, everybody in my theater was was clapping because they 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 loved this character of Daredevil that he presented, like it was great. Yeah, whenever he. Whenever he came on the screen, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. <laughs> and my son, I took my son to see it, and he was like, "What? What?" I was like, "That's the Netflix Daredevil." He's like, yeah. "You never let me watch that because you said it was too violent." I was like, "Well, you're older now. Let's we'll go home and watch it then." Because <laughs> because I did uh, I didn't let him watch that when he was younger because like the it's the gruesome, Netflix. yeah. But it, but that's um that's the way it needed to be. Like those yeah. Well, that, that's Daredevil's character. Like he right. he is. He is a product of, of like this, this this really dark world, and he 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 you know he gets beat up all the time, and uh, he he comes back stronger for it every single time, and that's what I think is missing in in a lot of the media is like the, the sort of comeback story never happens anymore because uh, oh well we can't have the hero like struggle because that would be that would be too difficult on the viewers to watch. Well, so, like people people make fun of uh, like the Snyderverse darkness mm -hmm. of the dc universe that Zack snyder kind of brought like the but the mcu needs more of that like that was something that the the daredevil story from netflix was something that the mcu couldn't do like they i or maybe they could but i, I just don't see how with the way they make all of their other properties they, well, they make, make Spider-Man. They make they make Spider-Man, and he's the most sanitized character. Like no no loss, no struggle, no nothing. Like he's a, he's a kid, and he's basically like a, a miniature Iron Man. And that's why like No Way Home fixed that character. I, I didn't like the. I, 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 Tom Holland's not a bad actor. I think he he was the best combination of of being able to be Spider-Man and be Peter Parker. Uh, although I, I, I would have liked to see him do a better job at Peter Parker. I, I don't think he really knew what he was, you know, because Peter Parker was a genius and, and, and you could tell that uh, you know, it doesn't really, other than him making his own web that one time, that was the only thing that you saw that made him show that he was actually intelligent, but he should have been like, he should have been pro he shouldn't have used Tony Stark tech to, he should have been prototyping his own drones without the need for Stark tech to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that's, but, that's kind of a disappointment in the, the MCU version of Spider-Man and, and that you got to see that in no way home with, with the two other versions of Peter Parker who in their movie franchises or whatever you want to call them, uh, they were legitimately like their, their intelligence was displayed in both of those movies. Like they spent time in labs working with, uh, with Norman Osborn and, and with uh, Dr. Connors, like they were, they were showcased as being incredibly smart and you never see that in the MCU version of Spider-Man. Like it is really a, uh, it is really a dumbed down. Like you, you don't get, you really don't get him as Peter. Par you don't get Peter Parker as Peter Parker very much. You, you just yeah. get him as Spider-Man. Like that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, that is kind of, that is kind of disappointing, which not that that's necessarily non-canonical. It's just, um, it's like I was saying with the daredevil thing, like, the way the MCU has kind of built their brand, they can't do that dark stuff. But all of these characters, like, I don't know how they're going to do X-Men without being dark. Like, mm -hmm. Wolverine is a dark character. Uh, he, uh, he has a brutal past. 
um Cyclops well, it's it's and funny Jane like Grey and all well, of the like all of the x-men like yeah. professor x's past is mm-hmm. and and his you know engagements with magneto coming up through the years and everything like there's a lot of darkness in their past and it shapes mm-hmm. who they are and you don't get to see that um you don't get to see that in the mcu very much like after they got past tony stark uh getting you know blown up in a humvee and going into a cave like none of their none of their characters really have a <clears throat> a hard origin story uh they don't they don't struggle with things they don't go through bad things uh, and that's like those are vital important parts of every comic book story is uh mm-hmm. like these characters go through they really go through some shit and well and it, it shapes it's them. What makes it, them it, yeah it what yeah. makes it's what makes them who they are yeah and and that's what like the the problem that I had with the MCU Spider Man and then you know that that's why I appreciated even though I didn't I didn't necessarily like the ending of it uh, obviously but the the Wolverine was a, was a great movie because it showcased the the sort of struggle that the the Wolverine had and uh, you know it, it was something that was like you said a little bit a little bit more gritty because his his story is very gritty because he you know he he has all this trauma he has all these things that are going on and if you don't have that then that's not that's not uh that's not wolverine like that's not the character and just like with the with spider-man if he doesn't struggle if he isn't a poor kid from you know from from brooklyn or whatever if if he's not uh i think it's brooklyn i can't remember the bronx but one of the two whatever uh but it depends on the origin story i guess they change where he is in New York so, from time to time. But yeah, he, he's, he's a kid from New York that, that is just, he, he, most of the time he can't pay his rent. He, you know, he, he works for J Jonah Jameson and which, which they didn't even do in, in the, the MCU version, which would have been funny since they did an Alex Jones impression of him. <laughs> it would be funny having him work for the Alex Jones of, of media uh, as, as J Jonah Jameson. Uh, yeah. That, that, that whole, like all of those things come together to make, the character what they are and, and you think that you think it the reason that it that is the reason that i say canon matters is because sometimes they they think that taking just one little thing like oh well you know taking away uncle ben and then letting aunt may die in uh, and, and i know you don't necessarily have to have kill un, uncle ben again but not talking about you know the, the impact that uncle ben had on the mcu spider-man is you know, he. I think he only mentions him even once in the entire series of, of movies that he has. So it doesn't really make sense that the the biggest key for because because Uncle Ben was the reason that he became the hero that he was. And if he didn't have Uncle Ben as his father figure, uh, who who was filling in for for the dad that he didn't have, then he wouldn't be the hero that he is. And and when you just ignore that and you say like, well, uh. Aunt May is going to be the reason that he's 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 the hero. It, it doesn't. There's there's no impact to that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have the same weight and the same reasoning behind it. So it, it just makes it really bad, in my opinion. For, yeah, for it, kind to, of, it kind of hollows the character out a little bit. You just have a. Um, you just have the character for the sake of the character. Like you don't have the what what made what made him who he is like yeah it's uh the the origin story thing kind of um they put it into like a a really cookie cutter this is how we're going to do origin stories and and they really doled it down and and took away a lot of the the meaning behind how these characters became these characters uh after a while like you know they did it well with Iron Man in the first in the first Iron Man. They did it well with Captain America. Um, even the original Thor movie, like, kind of was good. Yeah, yeah, it gave you Thor, and and you got to like experience him kind of having a growth and and learning who he is and and how to be a hero. And then since then, uh, like since they built the original Avengers, from that point on, all of your origins have been really just kind of bland and like you don't you don't get the struggle you just get the uh i guess we're gonna get 
We're going to get Remzo Martinez's favorite MCU or Marvel character, uh, Riri Williams, who. Oh, yeah, Ironheart. Yeah. Yeah. Who has like no purpose. She doesn't. She's well, And if you look at her origin story, her origin story. And, and this is what uh, like, like Eric, Eric July made fun of uh, whenever he was talking about this kind of stuff is like this, this sort of tokenization, like the, it proves like how they, they can't write these kind of stories because they don't know what they're doing because Riri Williams origin story is the fact that some, uh, she tells her professor to tell her what she like, Oh, tell me what I can't be. And like, tell me who I'll never be like, what, what I'll never be able to be when I'm growing up. And, Oh, you'll never be Tony Stark. Uh, you'll never be like the Iron Man or whatever. And I don't, I don't well, you'll never be like Tony Stark. And then she decides, Oh, well, I'm going to go steal stuff from Tony Stark's lab. Like what kind of character development is that? Like she goes and steals stuff from his lab to become uh, like Tony Stark because she stole stuff like that. That's not an origin story. I'm not going to be super racist on this show. I'm not <laughs> super racist. <laughs> uh, yeah, save that for the morning show. That's not what I do. Here. Yeah. And, and that's, 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 that's the thing is, is you see that kind of stuff and, and they don't realize what they're doing. And like, it, it's like, well, uh, if you if you look at what you're doing, you're you're only disparaging the, the characters that you're creating. There is definitely a severe lack of originality and uh, and ability to tell a good story in today's society. The the people who pass for writers and and creators are kind of uh, lame and bland. Well, you got anything else? I think uh, I think we covered a lot of. We covered a whole lot of different topics. Anybody who's listened to this that has some ideas of uh, adaptations or interpretations of books, uh, comic books, video games, what have you, and the way that it has been portrayed in either a terrible or maybe even in a good way, let us know so we can uh, look at those things and check them out. And and there there are probably a bunch that we maybe maybe we didn't even realize that we had missed. Uh, try to give your plugs and we'll call it a show yeah follow me on uh twitter or twitch at trey 50 daniel all righty hope everybody has a great rest of your week and i will be back on this will be so i'll be back on wednesday with a brand new episode that's definitely going to get me kicked off of youtube for about a week have a good one everybody